welcome to this week's message from a new church. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website, newchurch.nz. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this message. Morena, everyone. Um, so on Thursday, I had epigastric, oh, I had surgery for an epigastric hernia repair. Uh, which is like a hernia above my belly button. So, man, it's so hard not not dancing in church. Um, man, it's, so I've been missing that. And I haven't been jumping around as usual, but hopefully, oh, I know the message is going to be just as powerful if I'm not in, as enthusiastic as usual. Um, if there are any doctors in the house or le- listening to this as well, like obviously my stomach got shaved, but I woke up and my leg was shaved as well. And I'm just like, why did the surgeon shave my leg for a hernia surgery? It's a little bit of a mystery. Um, Maybe they just do it to like mess with your mind or something. <laughs> anyway, uh, welcome everyone, especially visitors. I think I saw Jason Taylor here somewhere before, so um, awesome uh, to see you, mate. And, and everyone, just yeah, hope you guys are all made to feel very, very welcome. As Christy said, please uh, go to the, the cafe at the end and, and have a coffee on us. So um, this morning we've got part two in our prayer series, which I've been really, really excited about. Um, as a church, because um, as has been prayed and has a lot of people are feeling that it's, it's high time for a new fresh prayer movement, um, not just with, with our church, but in the West, um, prayer is so important and so crucial. We understand that, but so many of us, we feel like we're um, living below the, the mark with prayer. Um, 98% this the studies um, show um, of us want to pray more, want to pray better. Um, understand that, but only 2% of us are actually feeling like we're, we're praying enough. Um, also, only 45% of us are praying daily. Um, in the West, which is ridiculous as Christians, we understand prayer is so powerful, but not a lot of us are, are, are praying daily. So um, I think, so, I can't even remember who asked me or was talking to me this week. It was like, just imagine, Simon, wouldn't it be amazing at the end of this series that 100% of us were praying just at least a few minutes a day. Um, so that, that's an awesome goal to hit. But, but again, it's something that God has to do in our lives. Um, I finished the service last week with this quote, the single most important piece of advice about prayer is one word, begin. And that is simply, let's just begin to pray more and believe that this isn't just going to be a series, like a, a great ser- series, nevertheless, but let's believe that it's going to be a prayer movement um, in Renew Church. So just by way of uh, recap, last week we looked at the four reasons why we pray. We understand we need to, we understand God wants us to, but why do we actually pray? So first of all, um, because prayer is about relationship, we understand that God created us for relationship, that communion means deep or intimate communication, and that's what prayer is. So prayer is about relationship. Charles Spurgeon says this, true prayer is neither a mere mental exercise nor a vocal performance. It is far deeper than that. It is a spiritual transaction with the creator of heaven and earth. I love that. Another reason why we pray is because God's plans are dependent on our prayers. God has determined that he will use the prayers of his people to accomplish his purposes on earth, and he's created us to be co-partners, co-laborers with him. Um, He's given us this incredible opportunity and privilege and honor to be able to be a part of seeing his plans and purposes 
fulfilled. Um, and that's why um, he's restricted himself to our prayers. He, he shows us and leads us and guides us to pray. And we get to play a part in seeing what God wants to do. It's phenomenal. God doesn't just ask us to pray to keep us busy or for it to be a pleasant Christian activity. He encourages us to pray so that his purposes will be done. Thirdly, God, uh, prayer done right is incredibly powerful, so God loves us to pray powerful prayer, prayers. James 5.16 says, The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. The earnest prayers like the, the, the gut-wrenching, real, ugly prayers um, of, of a person who's right before God, which means that, that God gives us his righteousness. And we are made right because of the blood of Jesus. Our prayers are ridiculously powerful and effective. And lastly, um, prayer demonstrates our dependence on God. Prayer occurs when you depend on God. Prayerlessness occurs when you depend on yourself. It's, it's, I think how we pray and how much we pray and what we pray is, is definitely an accurate gauge of who we rely on. Um, if we don't pray a lot, it really does show that we don't rely on God much. Uh, we rely on ourselves and our own independence um, and our own in, in rebellion. But the more we pray shows that we rely on God, uh, which is, is really, really, it's convicting, um, but it's, it's very, very good. That, that is a huge gauge. Prayer occurs when you depend on God. Prayerlessness occurs when you depend on yourself. Samuel Chadwick says, The one concern of the devil is to keep Christians from praying. He fears nothing from prayerless studies, prayerless work, and prayerless religion. He laughs at our toil, mocks at our wisdom, but he trembles when we pray. So this week, we're having a look at Jesus' blueprint for prayer, which is the Lord's Prayer, um, which is more our prayer. It's like he taught us to pray, and we're going to be looking at Matthew 6, verse 5 through to 13. And if you're on the Bible app, um, on on the events there, you'll find us, all all the notes are there. And... um, this is basically Jesus' disciples came to him and said, like, teach us to pray because there were sort of two formats for prayer at the day. There were, there were the religious leaders and they had made a prayer like uh, praying out loud their profession, how to do it well and how to do it with eloquence. Um, and I think a lot of them wanted to pray like that. But there was also the pagan prayer, which was the more you pray, the, like the repetitive prayers, then hopefully you'll appease the gods and then they'll finally answer your prayer. So there were, there were the two sort of types of prayer. Uh, the disciples go to Jesus and say, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And then he gives us the blueprint for prayer. I don't believe it was like a liturgical prayer, although we, we can pray the Lord's Prayer as, as a prayer that we repeat. Um, but I absolutely believe it's more of a principle. And honestly, you just need to Google... Um, Lord's Prayer sermons, and, and probably thousands come up, and it's not hard to look at principles throughout the Lord's Prayer, so that's something that you guys can perhaps do um, in your own time, but there are some things that I want to bring out this morning. So it's not really a formula, it's more of a principle for prayer. Let's have a look at Matthew 6, verse 5 to 6. When you pray, this is what Jesus says, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. So the religious leaders of the day, the people that love to pray out loud and to be heard, um, 
they were the people that like, okay, everyone's going to be watching me and this is awesome. But Jesus turns that right around and says, no, this is how you pray. It's a private thing. It's an intimate thing between me, um, obviously the Lord and, and the person. And I will be talking about corporate prayer, but in this sense, we're talking about that, that communion prayer, that devotional prayer, that worship prayer that we pray um, to the Lord. And then in verse 7, it says, When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need before you ask them. So straight away, Jesus just roasts the two types of prayer, the religious prayer that sounds really good and people have practiced it and they sound really amazing um, and spiritual when they're praying it and, and the type of prayer that you think you need to pray over and over and over again to appease the gods. Jesus says, oh, that's not how you pray at all. Don't be like them for your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. So again, it's this whole, the honor and the privilege of being able to co-labor with God. Like God knows what we're going to pray, but he invites us to be a part of the process, which I think is amazing. And then verse 9, pray like this. So this is it, guys. This is what Jesus is saying. Our Father in heaven. Our Father. So straight away, those first two words, our Father. Our, what, we're in community. You'd think, well, he's just told us to go by ourselves and, and to pray by ourselves. So if anything, it was like, should be my Father. But again, Jesus reminds us that we're a part of a community. It's not just about us. It's, we're not on our own tour anymore. Um, God is our Father, and we are sons and daughters of God. We're a part of this incredible community called the church. It's our Father. So in the Old Testament and up until this time, people understood God as master and maybe a little bit fearful of God, but Jesus turns that right away around. He says, this is how you pray, our Father, which means relationship and love, the Father's heart, which is incredible. Our Father in heaven. And it pays to understand this, like right from the get-go, we understand that God is all-powerful. Um, he's in control. And in Psalm 2.4, it talks about um, the nations of the earth warring and, and, and evil men trying to, trying to outdo each other. And in, in Psalm 2.4, it says, he who sits in heaven laughs. He laughs at the vain plans of man. Like, God is in control. We don't have to stress out. We're his children. We can rely on him, our Father in heaven. It gets our priorities and our perspective right, I think, when we start our prayers understanding that. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. A couple of uh, aspects to this. Uh, and other verses say, um, holy is your name. It's worship. It's adoration. It's it's declaration, but it's also, may your name be kept holy in my life, which straight away brings us back to the, the understanding that we are called to live holy lives before God. And, and as we pray, that time of coming humbly before the Lord, um, when we allow God to search our hearts once, once again, and we say, God, point out anything that offends, offends you in my life. I want your name to be holy in my life. I want you to be glorified in all of my actions and all of my behavior and all of, of what I do and what I say and how I think. So Lord, may your name be kept holy. Verse 10, may your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now I've heard scholars say with this, it's 
um, it can be translated as almost like a command or a, a declaration, a proclamation, like saying, your kingdom come, your will be done. So not in a, in a rude, arrogant way, but understanding the authority that we have as sons and daughters of God. And that when we speak and as we pray, we can create worlds with our words and we can see things shift in, in, in the spiritual realms. So we're declaring, using our authority as, as, as disciples of God, God, your kingdom come now, uh, your will be done. And it's interesting, it's your will be done. It's not my will be done. How often do we like praying prayers because we want our prayers answered the way we want them to be answered? Like, God, please answer this prayer this way, like my will be done. But it's actually, Lord, your will be done in my life. Give us today the food we need. Interesting, again, it doesn't say give me today. Um, and and we, we absolutely can pray that. But again, I think Jesus is letting us understand it's not just about me. It's not me just praying for my needs. It's me praying for, for others' needs, not just mine. It's, it's our. Give us today the food we need. And it's interesting because if you look in the footnote again, this can be translated in a couple of ways. So it can, uh, Bible translations say that, give us today the food we need. But it can also be translated, give us today our food for the day. Um, and we understand that, but I, I was absolutely amazed at this one, and this can be accurately translated this way in the footnotes as well. Give us today our food for tomorrow. Give us today our food for tomorrow. So uh, Jesus is encouraging us to pray strategically, not just to pray for our needs now, because we usually pray really well when we're in a, in a pickle right now and we need God to answer our prayers because of the crisis that we're in right now. But there's a whole new world of praying strategically and praying for the future and in praying into God what, what God wants to do in your life and in, in your family and whanau and community. Isn't that incredible? How many of us actually have really thought about that, praying strategically long-term prayers for the future now what we see perhaps is going to come in the future. Give us today our food for tomorrow and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Again, confession's a big part of, of prayer. Um, forgiving others is a big part. Why did Jesus put that in? Because people, man, we get hacked off with people all the time, don't we? No? Maybe just me. And we need to come to God regularly and ask for forgiveness and ask God to help us out with our attitudes and ask God to, uh, to forgive our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Because I guarantee if, if someone peeves you off, you'll probably peeve someone off. It's just like we're human beings. It's, it's like that all the time. So we need to understand this is regular, um, short accounts with God, confess and forgive is very, very important. And don't let us yield to temptation. I really like how the New Living Translation puts that um, verse there. Uh, don't let us yield or give into temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Again, it's, it's a reminder to, to live holy and a reminder that we're involved in spiritual warfare as well. Rescue us from the evil one. We're in this incredible spiritual war. We don't see the, the spiritual realm a lot, but there is a lot going on just behind the veil, and we can't see. Um, there is a realm where there are angels and there are, where there are demons, and it's the whole demonic thing. It's, it's happening, 
and, and we don't talk about it much. And I guess in the Western world, we, we just sort of forget about that. But, but it's real. Um, sometimes you just wake up and just everything's against you and it just feels like, what is going on? You can really feel spiritually that something is off and usually there is spiritual warfare going around in your situation. We don't know why, although we do know that we have an enemy. And I love this prayer. Rescue us from the evil one. In coming months, we're going to do a series on spiritual warfare uh, because we do feel as an oversight team, it's, it's timely that we, we talk about those things, which I'm really excited about. And some manuscripts include this part, uh, which I learned as a kid. Uh, it's not in the New Living Translation, but it's in the footnotes. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And I love that finishing off with worship, giving God the glory uh, for yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And again, the, the Lord's Prayer, the different aspects about it, is just so full of amazing things. Confession and repentance and asking forgiveness and glorifying God and declaration. It is absolutely phenomenal. And I pray for all of us that we just look at that and revisit it and ask the Lord to give us a deepening revelation of the Lord's Prayer. Because it's amazing. Like, this is, it's, it's a big deal when the disciples ask Jesus, the Son of God, how to pray, and then Jesus gives us that blueprint for prayer. So we know that it's going to be absolute gold. So what happens then when we pray and, and then things don't happen? Like, are there hindrances to prayer? And I really do believe there is. And in, in future weeks, we're probably going to be talking into you know, why sometimes prayers aren't answered. But uh, absolutely, there are hindrances to prayer. And I wanted to, to bring out some of those this morning. First of all is unconfessed sin. So when we sin, when we blow it, and, and we haven't asked God for forgiveness, we haven't um, asked for God's righteousness and, and forgiveness in our lives again, in Psalm 66, verse 16 to 20. And I love how um, most people believe this is David saying this. I love it how it brings... Uh, quite a strong word of correction, but it's just so hope-filled at the same time. Come and listen, all you who fear God, and I will tell you what he did for me. For I cried out to him for help, praising him as I spoke. Verse 18, if I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. And I mean, you can't mince words with there, it's absolutely black and white. Um, unconfessed sin is a hindrance to prayer. If I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God did listen. He paid attention to my prayer. Praise God who did not ignore my prayer or withdrew his unfailing love from me. And I love this, that the forgiveness of, of Jesus, he's done it all. It is finished. We just have to come back to him again. This morning, you may feel far away. You may feel like you've done some stuff that's, that's really hideous and you're, you regret and you hate yourself for doing it. God has got his arms of love so wide open for you today. Um, all you need to say is, God, help. Uh, please forgive me. And, and he will. It's, it's just the most amazing thing. Um, so I love that. God did listen. He paid attention to my prayer. Praise God. He did not ignore my prayer or withdraw his unfailing love from me. God won't withdraw his unfailing love from you. What about number two, prayerlessness? Obviously, a hindrance to prayer is if you don't pray, right? James 4 verse 2, you want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want, because you don't ask God for it. 
Isn't that, that's the most amazing promise right there. You, you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. So if you, if you want some stuff, just ask God for it. But a reason why people don't have what they want is because they just they don't pray. But you've got to understand the context, which goes down to number three, wrong motives. So you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what, you, what will give you pleasure. So we understand it's a motive thing. Like God, is, he loves to answer our prayers. Um, he's our heavenly father. You know, when, when you're, a, you're a parent and, and your, your kids really want something amazing um, and, and, you, and you know that you want to give it to them um, with, within means, of course, um, depending on how much it costs usually for us. But you really want to, to bless the hearts, heart of your kids. And this is God. He's called our father. He wants to bless you. Um, he, he wants to answer your prayers. He loves to see you joy-filled. Um, but we've got to understand there's some motives here. We've got to ask with the right motives. Um, lastly, another hindrance to prayer is divided loyalty. James 1, verse 5 to 8. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. So divided loyalty between the world and the word or or God. Um, It's when people love the things of the world, but they also love God a bit as well. We've, we've got to be in this world. God has called us to be his hands and his feet, but we do not take on the principles of this world. Um, we do not take on the loves and, and the pleasures um, of this world. We are in this world, but we're not of it. We are of, of God. We are, we are of heaven, but we're in this incredible time. We're, we're living here, but we're God's children. And when it comes to praying, it makes a huge difference that we understand we've got to be sold out for God. We absolutely do. Um, if, if we are double-minded, if, if we have divided loyalty, if half of our heart is in this world and half of our heart is with the Lord, obviously it's not going to go well when we want to pray um, powerfully and God, we want God to answer our prayers. So once again, it's just such an incredible um, recommendation for us to give our whole lives to God, 100%, 1 million percent. Man, I'm really mellow this morning, eh? I'm sort of, is that all right? Like sort of feel like I'm 75 years old and just like talking away. And lastly, unresolved conflict. Mark 11, 24 to 25, I tell you, you can pray for anything and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. Again, just incredible promises. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. First Peter 3, 7. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. You don't hear that much. And maybe a roast to our, us husbands, 
but fair game. I believe it's, it's a wider principle than that. But just listen to this. Treat, husbands, treat your wives as you should so that your prayers will not be hindered. We know that the word of God does not lie, which means if we are not treating our wives well, our prayers are going to be hindered. It's worth thinking about. What are you saying amen for? Last week's, last week's takeaway was pray first. And in any situation, I really do think it's, it's important to pray first. Like when we face a crisis, when we've heard some news, when we're upset, pray first. But mostly in the context of, I think it's really, really amazing to, as we get up in the morning, that the first part, the first fruits of the day, pray first. It doesn't have to be long. Just, just give that part of the, the day to the Lord. So pray first. So that was last week's practical takeaway. This week's. Uh, is this, walk and talk. Last week was pray first, this week is walk and talk. And if, I, if you haven't done this, I really do encourage all of us to just try it. Go for a walk and talk with God. Walk and talk. I remember as a teenager, I was at a Christian camp and uh, a guy that I met, uh, he was just going wandering off by himself, and I was saying, oh, what are you doing? He's going, I'm just going for a prayer walk, and it was the first time I'd ever heard, like, what on earth is a prayer walk? It's like, it was foreign to me, and then he just started walking, and he was sort of talking to himself, and I thought, that's really weird. It's like, is that guy all right? Uh, but I understood, and then on, I sort of started doing it, walking and talking. There is something really, really powerful about walking, uh, talking as we walk. I'm not sure if you've Hands up, those of you that understand this. It's way easier for us to talk to someone while we're walking with them. It's it's something that's it's scientifically proven. Um, so instead of like just having a chat with someone over coffee, that's okay. But um, it's just far easier if you want to do the loop with someone and if you want to need to talk through something. It's so much easier scientifically for whatever reason. They they've done studies that our, our brains work so much clearly, uh, especially in the area of relationships. Um, if we talk to someone as we are walking with them, which I find fascinating. So the practical takeaway today when it comes to prayer is walk and talk. Genesis 3 verse 8, right back to the beginning. Adam and Eve had just disobeyed God, sin and come into the world. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord among the trees. So many, many scholars believe that this was a regular occurrence with the Lord. He came in physical form and he just loved walking and talking with Adam and Eve, which makes sense because he created mankind for a relationship with him. So this was, uh, most scholars believe, a regular occurrence, uh, the, the privilege of being able to walk with the Lord. You know that privilege is still ours. Uh, we can still have that honor today because of what Jesus did. Uh, but then came that fateful day where they, uh, they understood that they had sin in their lives, the stain of sin, and, and that shame and that regret and that guilt, they wanted to hide themselves from God. So at the time of the evening where they regularly walked with God, um, they, they didn't want to do that anymore. But like I said last week, Jesus came to, to bring back um, that, that reconciliation that we can walk and we can talk with God again, which is so amazing. So my practical takeaway, just go try this. 
Um, I, I do believe the secret place where it says go and um, lock your door, sometimes that does mean your bedroom, but sometimes that means a park as well. And you just go and you devote that time to the Lord. It's just you and it's God and no one else is hearing your prayers and you're just walking and talking with the Lord and praying. So the cool thing is when you get a dog, people think that you're talking with, God, with the dog, but you're talking um, to the Lord. So you can speak in tongues and better still, you can just like walk around holding your phone like this. And talk to the Lord, and people think that you're on your phone. Or you can just like, just like me, I just don't care. People just probably think I'm crazy. I love speaking out loud. I don't speak out loud loudly. But um, for me, when I'm talking to the Lord, it's usually a lot better for me to just speak like I'm talking, uh, that, that God is right there in person, which he is. So let's have the band up, please. So what we're going to be doing is starting next week, um, usually we, and we're going to continue this from 8.30 to 9, we have a prayer meeting, it's in the, the foyer um, room there, and anyone can come, it's like, you don't have to be special, you don't even have to pray if you don't want to, just come along at 8.30 to 9, but from 9 o'clock, uh, we're starting something new next week, every Sunday morning, uh, the people that are here, the people that are on teams, we're going to be coming together in the auditorium, and we're going to be praying together at the same time for about 10 minutes. Um, that God's going to do some incredible things um, in our church. And the, and the reason why we're beefing up prayer is because we absolutely need to. Prayer is powerful, and I do believe we need to lift the level. But I've been thinking a lot about Pentecostal church and prayer. And, and we are a new church. We are a Pentecostal church. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. But so often we forget that Pentecost, the day of Pentecost, started with people praying. Like Pentecost started with a prayer meeting. And so often we forget about that. And, and unfortunately, the prayer meeting um, and, and the, the, the timetable of the church calendar usually is the most least um, popular, the meeting. And somehow we want to shift that around. Uh, but Pentecostal churches, I believe prayer should be a benchmark, should be a, a massive component and a characteristic of what we do. Um, Andrew Murray says this, Where there is much prayer, there will be much of the Spirit. Where there is much of the Spirit, there will be ever-increasing prayer. I love that. Like We want to see God do incredible things here. We want to see God touching people and miracles taking place and, and, and the sick restored. And, and, uh, but we've got to understand prayer is powerful, uh, and it begins with prayer. So where is there is much prayer, there will be much of the Spirit. Who wants more of the Spirit? Like We all, all do. Uh, where there is much prayer, there will be much of the Spirit. Where there is much of the Spirit, there will be ever-increasing prayer. And I'll finish with this, E.M. Bounds. What the church needs today is not more machinery or better, not new organizations or more and novel methods, but men who the Holy Spirit can use, men of prayer, mighty men in prayer. The Holy Spirit does not come on machinery, but on men. He does not anoint plans, but men, men of prayer. So let's please be upstanding. And I'm just going to get the, the band to sing that, that song again, making room for, for God to move. And I thought we'd have a, an, an old, old school um, altar call time where you can come up the front and you can kneel if you want to spend time with the Lord. Um, you can come and stand if you want a ministry team member to come and pray with you. I do believe that 
um, when I was talking about hindrances to prayer, unconfessed sin, offenses, um, unf- all that stuff, I really do believe that the Holy Spirit was just laying on our hearts um, some areas that we may need to adjust um, our lives in, or we may need to just get down on our knees perhaps and say, God, I'm sorry. Lord, I want to confess my sin to you this morning. I don't want my prayers to be hindered. If you're here today and if you're a married man and if you know that you haven't been treating your wife right, I do challenge you, come to the front, to the altar, and just get that right. Um, after you've asked forgiveness of the Lord, go and say, forgive, ask your wife for forgiveness and start afresh today. Um, I do believe the Holy Spirit wants to do some amazing things, so let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you that prayer is powerful and prayer is effective. Jesus, I want to thank you that you gave us the blueprint for prayer, and there is so much in that. Lord, worship, declaration, confession, surrender. Holy Spirit, I pray that you just come and fill this place again. Lord, pray that you'll fill our hearts with, with a passion for prayer again. God, we want to see you do incredible things. We want to see your Spirit poured out. Lord, we understand that the day of Pentecost started with a prayer meeting. And Lord, I pray that we will say yes to, to the fresh, uh, Lord, the, the heart that you have and, and the hunger that we need for prayer, that we will say yes to that and we will be obedient to that. Lord, we know that there are hindrances to prayer and I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name today that if there are things that we need to get right, we will get them right today in this moment. Lord, that the altar is a, is a powerful place where we can come and we can commune with you. And Lord, as the, as the altar is open, I pray that some amazing things will take place as we pray and as we take, get things right, as we ask and as we, as we petition you, Lord, today. Lord, we're going to make room for you to move in this place right now. And I pray, Holy Spirit, move. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you want prayer, come and stand. If you just want to just spend time with the Lord, come and kneel. Um, it's just allow God to do whatever He wants in this place. God bless you guys. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it was an encouragement to you. To contact us or to find out what's happening at our church, please check out our website, renewchurch.nz.